don't run, stand and fight. Dun dun dun. Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. Before we jump into this episode, I want to remind everybody you can follow me on Twitter at FightJunkie.com. Listen to me on Anchor.fm. Of course, the YouTube channel, you can go there and subscribe. YouTube.com slash FightJunkie2006. So anybody who's into combat sports have heard this all the time from fighters and trainers nonstop. Don't run, don't run, don't run. I maintain there's a big difference between boxing, countering, and running. But nevertheless, you still hear this. People say running, and they use that across all terms. So it doesn't matter if somebody's boxing. It doesn't matter if somebody's countering. It doesn't matter if somebody's running. They lump it all together as just running. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up now is because the big rematch between Triple G and Canelo is tomorrow. There's a lot of hype around it. But Triple G's trainer, Abel Sanchez, basically everything that comes out of his mouth has to do with running. There's been a lot of issues with the two camps. They don't like each other. The whole cheating, not cheating thing. Glove issues, referee issues, um, style issues. I mean, tape issues, hand wrap issues. There's been so many things that the G camp has been complaining about. And whether it's whether it's legitimate or not, doesn't really matter. They're just complaining, and it pretty much seems like the Canelo camp and the Nevada State Athletic Commission has given in to them on most things. So there won't be any excuses after this, no matter what happens. It's Everybody's tested clean. Uh, all the rules and regulations are set up. Anything that's been protested has been decided. So we shouldn't have any issues like that after the fight. But all Abel seems to talk about is running, running, running. Now, I get that with if you're doing it like a psychological warfare aspect, and sometimes I'm sure that happens. But if you look at G's career, he has had trouble with people that move. And to me, that speaks volumes about not only Abel, but Triple G. Because G has a style where he comes forward. So you would think after this many fights, he would be super effective in the way he cuts off the ring. Now, you can't say that because he's flawed in this aspect, that it still doesn't work for him because he's undefeated. Nobody's beat him. But what I'm saying is, it, it seems like it would be easier than what it is for him to cut off the ring and catch somebody who's quote-unquote running. But it isn't. He had trouble with not only Canelo, but he also had trouble with Brooke, and he also had trouble with Danny Jacobs' movement. So you can see that. I get why they're saying that, because if you say, oh, don't run, you're a coward, stand and fight, show us your machismo, you're Mexican, he's more Mexican than you are, this type of stuff, you're trying to get in the head of Canelo and give G the easiest way to win. But I really believe it speaks more to how uh, Abel and Triple G haven't been able to adapt to a style of boxing, which, like I said, is very strange to me, especially coming from G. You could say what you want to say about if Abel's a good enough trainer or not, but G fights his style and he's been fighting his style. You would think at some point he would have picked up a better way to cut off the ring. Again, he's perfect with that. I'm not criticizing his ability to get the win and get the finish and come out the way that he wants to come out. I'm just saying it. you would think he would be able to do it easier. Now, maybe that's because he's creeping up there in age. A lot of people have thought he's slowing down a bit. And that's why some people are picking Canelo and some people picked him in the first fight. Is they think G is slowing down a bit. His offense isn't as potent as it was. Doesn't throw as many punches. 
course has trouble cutting off the ring. And when you add all those things together, you can see why Canelo could give him trouble. But my point of this podcast was just simply because you always hear this running aspect. You heard it all through Mayweather's career. How many fighters and trainers accused him of running, 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 stand and fight. You're a coward. You won't stand with us. You know what will happen. And obviously because they know it's a difficult style to beat. But I thought it's funny how uh, trainers who are always running their mouths but never fight are talking about other people's styles and calling them cowards or telling them that, you know, this guy's better than you because of the way you fight and this, that, and the other. When in reality, it falls on them to teach their guy how to cut off the ring properly. It really makes zero sense for a boxer or a counterpuncher to stand and fight with somebody and give them the best opportunity to beat them. It really doesn't. So unless you're coming from a psychological warfare type of deal, eh, then I can give you a pass. But to say it every fight or any time you're facing anybody with any boxing ability, if their feet is not stuck in mud, he's going to say you're running. And that's a problem. As to me, it speaks volumes about his ability as a trainer, to be honest with you. Because if you can't teach your guys to cut off the ring and your only hope is to find a weak-minded fighter and say, hey, change your style, stand in front of us and prove how tough you are, then you've got serious problems. So in my opinion, I can expect this from fighters and even fans. Now you may be saying fans. Well, fans pay to watch these fights. They want to be entertained. So even though I don't agree with the aspect of everything is running, now some fighters do run, don't get me wrong. But they're paying for entertainment. So they may find a particular fighter boring in the aspect of how they fight, their defense, if they move around, quote unquote, too much, that type of thing. They're paying for that. I understand that. From a fighter's perspective, you can even kind of understand it as far as, hey, I want this to be as easy as possible. Come stand, stand in front of me, bang with me, and let's see who falls. From a trainer's aspect, it really doesn't fly in any way, shape, or form because it's the trainer's responsibility to get their fighter ready and teach them the skills necessary to track down a runner. So I think it looks worse for a trainer to say, oh, hopefully Canelo doesn't run or all Mayweather does is run if he stood with us. It's your job to get your guy to go over there, find a way to trap him, hit him, knock him out, beat him on points, whatever the case is. So even you could say that even for a fighter, but I get it from a fighter because they're they're trying to go alpha alpha, right? We're talking about two alpha males or two alpha female females here, and they're trying to get into their head going, Hey, come on, fight me, fight me like a man. Come on, show me how tough you are. I punch harder than you, you're scared of me, that type of thing. So you can understand it more from a fighter, but I just don't get it from a trainer's perspective. I really don't. Like is the trainer saying, Canelo, you run. Why don't you stand? You're not Mexican. Triple G is. Really going to force Canelo to just stand, throw bombs, potentially get knocked out? I highly doubt it. Who who does that really work against? Now, G going back and forth with Canelo, mano y mano, that would work more in my opinion. Obviously, two fighters don't like each other. Sometimes game plans go out the window. So like I said, I can see it more from a fighter's aspect than I can a trainer's aspect. And again, like I mentioned with the fans, that also makes sense because obviously you're putting down your hard-earned money. 
you want to see entertainment. But I thought it was just interesting that in this game, you have a lot of trainers that talk a lot of smack, sometimes more smack than the fighters. I remember John Ruiz's trainer. We're going back some. I can't remember the guy's name. I keep wanting to say Stony. I think that's what it was. And he used to talk so much massive smack. It was just unbelievable. And I remember a time when Roy Jones's junior trainer, Alton Merkinson, laid him out at a press conference. I mean, they took this dude out on a stretcher. I don't know if he had a heart attack or what it was. But finally, somebody stuck up, stood up, stuck up for their fighter, stood up to this loudmouth, and put him out, man. It was hilarious. And what was so funny is John was pretty quiet. He was the quiet man. So he pretty much just always sat there. So I don't know if this is what they came up with, with this Stony or Stormy, whatever the hell his name was, guy. That always ran his mouth. Old fat guy just running his mouth thinking he's the toughest thing. And then finally somebody said enough and boom. But I thought that was hilarious because you see that time and time again with trainers constantly running their mouths. Not a, a lot of times it's not even about the fighter. That's the funniest thing. Like these guys want the limelight so bad. Like there's something seriously missing in your life. If you're training a world champion, multiple world champion that makes millions upon hundreds of millions of dollars and all you do is talk about yourself. I mean, you've had the Mayweathers, Floyd, Floyd Sr. up there talking about himself more than he's talking about his fighter or the matchup like there is something wrong there like you've got one of the best ever to do it the guy is undefeated beat everybody he's faced retires undefeated unless he comes back and you're up there talking about yourself and how you're the best trainer in the world i mean it's it's totally ridiculous like the limelight and how people, I don't know if it's because we're in 2018 and tech and everybody, you know, wants that viral uh, saying or quote to go viral and everybody goes crazy. It's on YouTube or on Twitter with a tweet or what it is. But my opinion, trainers should just go in there, do their job. I have no problem with a little smack talk here and there, but it's ridiculous. You've had trainers wanting to fight trainers and trainers wanting to fight fighters and Everybody's just got to act like they're just the super hardest person in the world. Some of these trainers are so old and fat, they're lucky they can walk up the stairs to the ring. Like, you should not be challenging anybody to a fight. It just speaks volumes about mentality as all. Like, seriously, guys, you got professional fighters that you're working with that do this for a living. Nobody needs to hear an old dude up there talking smack about wanting to fight somebody. I believe it was... um, Roberto Garcia and uh, Floyd Mayweather when uh, he was working against Mayweather and they were talking smack back and forth or whatever. But even Garcia, who's a former fighter, still looks in pretty good shape. Young guy. Uh, it was sitting there saying, look, I, I don't want to fight anybody. You know, I would if I had to, but that's not my goal. And I think that's how it should be. Of course, you can have words with other fighters and teams and Stuff like that. It's kind of fun part of the game. It's like a little bit of a circus. And sometimes it's real and sometimes it's not. But I just don't believe in the end, like, trainers even need to be a part of that. Unless something really bad happened. You know, a fighter strikes another fighter and you're caught in a melee and something like that. And you have to defend yourself or protect somebody. I get that. But just to go out and say, you know, I'm the best in the world. I'm the best trainer. I'm the best hand wrapper. You know, I'm the best coach that gives the advice like nobody else and nobody can come near me. And 
oh, if you want to talk smack, I'll punch you in the mouth. I mean, you hear this kind of stuff. It's totally ridiculous. I think it makes a mockery. Now the sport of them, like I was saying with Abel, all you ever hear about is how he believes Jesus cheat or um, Canelo's a cheat and how his team's a cheat and how they want to cheat, 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 cheat. And how Canelo's going to run, 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 run. And G's more of a Mexican than he is. And he wants Canelo to stand and fight if he's really a Mexican. And all this stuff. Like, really, it should be G doing that. Because to me, eh, it doesn't build up the fight any. What's Abel Sanchez going to do? Abel ain't going to do shit. He's not going to go in there and punch Canelo in the mouth. We all know that. He doesn't need to talk to G. That's not G's style. If G wants to talk smack, he'll talk smack. That's why everybody was kind of surprised when he even called Canelo out for a cheat and stuff because that's not G's style. And guess what? People like G because of his personality. You don't have to be a loudmouth Adrian Broner style out there and then not back it up. G's a quiet dude. He goes in. He does his business. Obviously, him and Canelo have issues here, but he even said, I don't hate Canelo. I just don't like the fact that he's a cheat, so I want to punish him. And that's G's personality, and a lot of people are drawn to that. And I think when guys like Abel open their mouth and start running it nonstop, like, okay, say it. But you got to say it in every single interview, video interview, radio interview, podcast. It doesn't matter if it's a blog written for the LA Times. It doesn't matter who or where it is or who's going to see it. He says the exact same stuff over and over and over. Like, okay, we get it already. You don't have to keep harping on it. They're going to fight. It's going to be played out. But in my opinion, Abel's showing his hand by saying, we want Canelo to stand. What do you mean? You should be able to say, we want Canelo to stand. But if he boxes again, we can take him. We can get him. G's worked on this. G's worked on that. There's never no technical uh, analysis here. It's just, oh, if you're a man, you better stand and trade. And that's ridiculous. The sport's not about that. You got guys with different talents, different abilities. That's what makes the sport fun. The the brawler that has to get hit in the face 450 times before he lands that big bomb that knocks the boxer out. Or the boxer that has to box the entire 12 rounds and can't be hit. Like a Fury Wilder that's coming up. A clash of styles like that. So would it be smart for Wilder and his trainer to go, yeah, Fury better not run all night. You better stand and fight like a man. That's just ridiculous. Like, what are you even saying that for? One, Fury's not mentally weak inside the ring, so that's not going to happen. And two, it would be foolish if he ever did that. Like, who would believe that Fury would ever do that? Let me just stand and trade with Wilder. He'd get knocked out so fast it'd make your head spin. But I think it's ridiculous the, the way that trainers are projecting themselves out to everybody, almost pushing themselves out on everybody when the key for focus should be on the fighters. I think, personally, the best trainer that does this in the right way is Lomachenko's dad, Papachenko. This guy, who was voted, I believe it was 2017 Trainer of the Year, only trains Lomachenko, one fighter, and he was voted Trainer of the Year. That right there is impressive. Two, he only trains his son. That right there is impressive simply for the fact the guy could be making bank by training other fighters. Who the heck would not want to train with Papachenko? I mean, look at just the amateur record of Lomachenko alone. There would be people lined up to train with this guy. And three, he doesn't even do interviews. 
that is stunning. I mean, in any time, that is stunning. But in 2018, with all this digital content that goes out, that this guy does not even do interviews is amazing. And why doesn't he do it? Because he says it's all about his son. It's not about him. That is so rare, man. I mean, that is unbelievably rare. And I don't think we're going to hear from this guy until Lomachenko retires. And then you may get a story about how it all developed from his point of view and, and the lessons he's learned and how he thought it all ended and things he wish he could have done different or whatever. But until then, I don't think we're going to see that. And that's remarkable because this truly is a guy who's just focused on training his son to be the absolute best in the world and the best that he can be. He doesn't worry about any of this trash talking back and forth. They don't worry about sitting there criticizing their opponents for the way they fight, trying to goad them into fighting a different way, talking about this person and that person cheating. He just lets Lomachenko take the spotlight. He lets Lomachenko say what he wants to say. And behind the scenes, he's molding and sculpting this guy to be one of the best pound for pound for pound fighters. And I think that's the way that it really should be. Let me know what you guys think about trainers talking smack and taking the limelight from their fighters. If you're listening to this on uh, if YouTube, go ahead and leave a comment. If it's on Anchor, you got to go ahead and get the app to leave a comment. Or you can even comment on social media. Whatever the case is, let me know what you guys think about the trainers stealing the limelight from their fighters and going overboard with the stuff they say. That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.